Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Are you crazy? Yes. Yes, I am. We've got Major League Baseball DFS lineups for you. We've got PGA, St. Jude. Cam's even got uh, the what's going on in Europe. The shot clock. Oh, the shot masters. clock. Oh yeah, I want to look forward to talking about the shot clock golf. That's cool stuff. You're on the clock. Shot clock uh, stuff. I've got a, a single game showdown put together uh, an NBA uh, lineup this evening. Really, really going contrarian in which I stacked the lineup with Cleveland Cavalier players. Nice this evening because uh, I think the Cleveland Cavalier players are going to bring it uh, tonight. But let's talk some Major League Baseball DFS and DFS in general with uh, one of the best and. You know, people are, oh, one of the best in the business, literally and figuratively one of the best in the business, say two-time uh, millionaire uh, winner, the one and only Drew Dinkmeyer joins us. Uh, how you doing, Drew? It's always a pleasure, my man. What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm excited. I'm actually fired up for a pretty bitter and jaded middle-aged man. Uh, <laughs> big, big. <laughs> Big big night of sports. I, don't know. I, just, I love my job, Drew. I just, you know, I, I'm not faking it. Like, big night of baseball, NBA finals coming up. Uh, so, you know, a lot of stuff going on. I'm fired up. Yeah, it's a big slate of baseball. You've got uh, now these one-game slates for the NBA finals as well. So there's there's DFS to be played everywhere. Have you have you have you tried out this thing with the time and a half? The uh, so the time and a half or the one and a half with the crown. Yeah, with the crown next to the player. So then the single game showdown, you get, you pay one and a half time what the salary is, but uh, you get one and a half points like the value. It's sort of like that NFL.com playoff playoff uh, format. Yeah, I think it's a really cool format. It uh, forces more decisions to be made. I know I I tweeted out during the last game that uh, JaVale McGee was my captain because uh, while I wasn't going to get one and a half times like a LeBron price in terms of performance i was going to be able to fit a bunch of other players into my lineups um so i think it's a cool nuance from uh DraftKings and and uh fandle's got it without the price upgrade um so you've got like two different types of games with the two but i like the fact that you've got different uh multipliers on each player because it creates a little bit more uh, nuance in in a game when it's you know just one game there's not a lot of ways to separate yourself so i did the same thing in which i didn't take I only did this once with this with LeBron, and I didn't take LeBron. And LeBron absolutely freaking went off. He did. <laughs> and, and, like, way, way, way off. And I was like, man, maybe my strategy of taking a bunch of other guys wasn't as smart. So what do you tell people on this? And it's sort of new. That's what's fun about these new formats. We sort of learn as we play these things. But is it is it not smart to play, like, a Curry or, or a LeBron as the, the, uh, the time-and-a-half player, the one-and-a-half player? It always just depends on what the pricing is. And so early in the playoffs when some of these guys were a little bit underpriced because they were priced based on their regular season performance when they're playing like 36 to 38 minutes a game instead of the playoffs when in LeBron's case he's playing like 46 to 48 minutes a game. Um, early on it probably made more sense to pay up for those those really expensive guys in the one and a half time spot. Um, as you get deeper into the playoffs it really depends on how much value there is on the slate. I thought JaVale McGee last game at 1K on DraftKings was a really good value because he was going to be inserted in the starting lineup. Tonight, he's still cheap, but if they get Iguodala back, that could squeeze the minutes on all the bigs as well as they go to that death lineup to close the game. So it's harder to say today. Um, I haven't messed around with our projections yet for that. Um, I'm going to do that post MLB lock, but my guess is that LeBron is probably not the play in the one and a half time spot, and it's probably one of the secondary guys, either like a Love or a Draymond Green, um, because it allows you to build a more well-rounded roster. All right, as far as baseball is concerned uh, tonight, let's jump right in here. Is Otani overpriced? Is it a trap uh, here this evening? KC don't strike out 
a lot. I guess like 17% of the time. But his K rate's like up. It's up to like 37 as opposed to 31 uh, at home as far as on the road. Is it worth it or is it worth spending the money elsewhere tonight? Is Otani a trap uh, tonight? Because, you know, he, went I, five in, he only went five innings in his last start. Yeah, I don't think he's a trap per se. I think he's priced down a little bit from where his skill expectation is, but for the matchup. As you mentioned, Kansas City just doesn't strike out. They've struck out about 17% of the time against right-handed pitching this season. That is one of the toughest matchups for strikeouts in the league. Uh, the challenge is trying to find another high-end stud that you feel like has a better situation going on. Because frankly, they're all in very, you know, crummy matchups. There's not a lot of studs in really good spots. Eduardo Rodriguez is facing Detroit, who's been the same way as Kansas City. They don't strike out a lot against left-handed pitching because they have all those right-handed hitters. You've got Lance McCullers against the Mariners, and McCullers is very talented, but he's dominated lefties in his career and been more vulnerable to righties. And the Seattle lineup without Robinson Cano is a little bit more right-handed. You've got Jose Quintana, who is not, like, pitched like an ace at all this season, but probably has the friendliest matchup against Philadelphia without Reese Hoskins that doesn't have a lot of ways to to attack uh, left-handed pitching quite as well. So Aaron Nola is going up against the Cubs. They're a top uh, five offense against right-handed pitching. There's just not a lot of great ideal pitcher matchups on this slate. And so I think Otani, while the Royals won't strike out a lot, I think they're unlikely to score a bunch of runs on him, which makes him, you know, the safest of the high-end starting pitchers. Drew, I was going to ask your opinion of Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals. I know they lost last uh, night to the Miami Marlins, but he's been really consistent. 19.9, a, a game with 13 Ks, 43.5 DK points, and I'm thinking that this team's going to rebound 10,200. What's your opinion of Flaherty tonight? He's been good in a small sample size. Yeah, I like Flaherty's stuff quite a bit. I think he's pitched a little bit above his head, and as a result, his price tag, I think, is a little bit above his head. If he was 9K, he would probably be my favorite pitcher on the slate. But because he's 10.2, it starts to it starts to be like, ah, I might as well get up to Otani. It's only $900 more. Now, in tournaments, Flaherty will probably come in way under-owned compared to Otani. So I think he's an interesting pivot. And I like the Cardinals in general. Um, I think it's a really good matchup for their offense against a left-handed flyball-oriented pitcher with the temperatures in the high. 80s and the wind blowing out to left field um, so I think he'll have run support tonight I think uh, the matchup with the Marlins who are very right-handed is very favorable for him he's got wide platoon splits I just wish he was a little bit cheaper so guys my two pitchers tonight in the, in the DraftKings format is Otani and uh, the other guy I went with was uh, Mengden and you, Oakland yes. yeah you just talked about it Drew no one really jumped off the screen at me and you know you look at the matchups and the pitchers we're pitching tonight but I like Mengden's uh, stuff uh, and you know he's been uh, he's been in a real zone over his last four starts. What's your opinion on Mengden tonight against Texas? He's pitched really well, but I am concerned for Mengden. He's got a, a wicked combination that that works okay in Oakland with that big park, but might not yeah. play as well in smaller parks. And that's the fact that he allows a lot of fly balls. He's got a fly ball rate above 40%. He's allowed a lot of hard contact. He's allowed a 36.5% hard hit rate so far this season, and he's allowed a 46.5% pull rate. So a lot of pretty, hard pretty hit humid there fly too, balls Drew. that are exactly that are pulled. <laughs> that against a against a left-handed heavy lineup is just he's living on the. Like he's a control yeah, command yeah. guy that when when he's on, it's a lot of medium tier fly balls in the outfield. Uh, when it's off, it's a lot of home runs. And so far, we haven't seen it be off this season. I think this is one of the tougher spots. Um, so the guy that I like that's cheap tonight is Jake Odorizzi. Um, the White Sox lineup is very right-handed, which historically hasn't been great for Odorizzi because he's been a little bit reverse splitsy. But he's changed his pitch mix up a little bit. He's generating a little bit more strikeouts against right-handed bats this season. And outside of Yohan Moncada and Jose Abreu, there's nobody in that lineup that really scares me. You know, Kevin Smith is hitting fifth. Uh, Tim Anderson and Yolmer, Yolmer Sanchez are guys that are in there. Um, I think he'll get run support against Hector Santiago, and he's just 7,300. So Jake Odorizzi is the cheap guy that I like tonight. So as far yeah. as the stack is concerned, and I don't know how you feel about stacks, but, you know, not a stack, but as far as, let's say, let's target, let's pick on some pitchers here. Santiago, the guy to pitch on. I've got a couple of twins. I got Escobar in my lineup. I thought Garver was so cheap. I squeezed him in at, uh, at 2700 bucks. And what about Bartolo Colon? We talked about Mengden uh, here. Colon, sort of like last year. And I used to cover the Expos when Colon was there. So he's been around for so long. I remember last year he started off well, he's pitching well, and then he wanted to retire. He told the Twins, listen, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm getting I'm getting killed out here. And they told him, no, 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 we need you. Trust us. It'll turn around for you. Here he is right now. And, yeah, he nearly threw a no-hitter last month. But, 
reality is almost starting to settle in a little bit. Uh, so, do you like the do you like the Twins bats tonight? Do you like the Athletics bats tonight? You talked about the Athletics pitchers, and you know pitching in that pitchers park, man. These guys just rake, man. When these guys are on the yeah. road, uh, Drew. So, as far as hitters, who who do you like tonight? Do you like this Twins lineup? Do you like the Athletics lineup? Who do you like? Those are definitely two lineups to target tonight. There's a lot of good offense on this slate. There's a lot of teams with implied totals above five runs tonight. So we're expecting a lot of fireworks tonight. Uh, let's start with the Twins against Hector Santiago. And I think one of the fun things about stacking up against Hector Santiago is the fact that he's a lefty who doesn't get lefties out. He doesn't really get righties out. He allows fly balls, and he's easy to run on. So you can get stolen bases. You can get home runs. You can, lefties can hit him. Righties can hit him. It's like the perfect pitcher to try to stack against. And then behind him is a relatively poor bullpen, one of the weakest bullpens in all of baseball in the Chicago White Sox. So I think the Twins are great targets tonight. You hit on some of the guys that are making their ways into my lineups, like Garver and Escobar. Uh, Brian Dozier is another guy that we like a lot tonight. And then yeah. the Athletics. Um, I mentioned some of the stuff with Mengden and how he's you know, due for some, some bit of regression. Bartolo Colon has like a BABIP in the 220s this year, and he's allowed a 43% hard hit rate. Those two numbers make no <laughs> sense. Um, you know, I know he did take one really hard hit ball off the stomach, but I imagine he's not stopping all of the hard hit balls <laughs> with his stomach. He didn't, he didn't feel it. Don't worry. He's all right. <laughs> so, so I imagine that there's a, a bit of a bit of regression that he's due as well. And you mentioned the the park shift for the A's is just huge. They play in that gigantic park out west where it's cooler temperatures. Now they get to play in a smaller park in Arlington with warm temperatures. Uh, the Athletics, I think, are a po- are going to be a popular team to target tonight, but with good reason against Bartolo Colon. I gotta tell you, Drew, just putting the lineups together, the problem I have is catcher. Every time, you know, the guys are getting scratched, this guy's in, this guy's out. But I was just gonna ask your opinion on Austin Romine. You wanna talk about a guy for thirty six hundred dollars with the Yankees and he's on fire as well. What do you think about him in the catching position? Because it's always hard for me to pinpoint my catcher. He's been swinging it well of late. The problem is that price tag. I mean, because he's been swinging it well, he's got a 35% hard hit rate over the last 15 days, which is great. It's one of the top 10 at the catcher position. But now he's up price near Gary Sanchez. I mean, Gary Sanchez is only $600 more. So I'd always rather get up to Gary Sanchez than, than a guy like Austin Romine. But if you're cheap, I think Gabe really hit on the guy that I'm interested in most tonight, and that's Mitch Garver, who has hit left-handed pitching very well at the, at the minor league level, has hit okay at the big league level. I wish he was hitting a little bit higher in the lineup, uh, but I expect the twins to turn that lineup over a couple times tonight and get them plenty of opportunities drew dinkmeyer uh with us uh, talking major league uh, baseball uh dfs so i was actually torn and i don't know why because i'm playing in such small tournaments but i actually care so i actually like got a like these mini migraines drew i don't know if it happens to you where like i sat at my kitchen table for like 20 minutes and i was like ah just staring i was like kinsler or dozier <laughs> like and you mentioned Brian Dozier, and I like him, but what's your take on Kinsler uh, tonight? Kinsler seems to be in a favorable situation, doesn't he? Yeah, I think the, in general, attacking Ian Kennedy is always one that has lots of upside to it because it can bring lots of power upside because Kennedy gives up tons of home runs. Now, it is a tough park for home runs, and we'll have to see where Kinsler hits because they've slid him all over the lineup. He's been hitting leadoff of late, but sometimes he drops down to six or seven. It seems like he and Zach Kozart are on some sort of rotation system uh, up at the top. I like him. I don't love him. I love Dozier on DraftKings tonight. 4200 is way too cheap for Brian Dozier. He should be priced closer to 47, 4800 with this matchup against Hector Santiago. He's hit left-handed pitching very well in his career. He runs, which I think is important against Hector Santiago because that's a way to get uh, fantasy points against him as well. So I think on on like a site like FanDuel where Dozier is priced really high, like one of the top second basemen, and there's more choices. I think guys like Kinsler come into play, or Jed Lowry, or Rucknet Odor, uh, but on on DraftKings, I really think Dozier is the strong play tonight. Um, I made a salary earlier, and I had like 700 bucks, or I had 800 bucks left over earlier. We've talked about this in the past, uh, but asking, you know, the elite, elite uh, player here, what's your strategy on that? Like, uh, what can you tell people? Does it bother you to leave money on the table, or if you're comfortable with your lineup? What what can you tell the uh, the casual player about this? So I would say, first, it always depends on what sport you're talking about. Like a sport like basketball, where projections are really solid and generally the pricing is pretty solid too. You know, if you're losing, if you're leaving a lot of money on the table, like there's so many stats. Yeah, there's so many stats in basketball. You're wasting it, right? Baseball is more random. Yeah. 
Exactly. A sport like baseball or football where so much of the points come from one play, a big yeah. touchdown or a, a big home run, it's more likely to leave salary on the table. And then as the slate gets smaller as well, sometimes on these small slates, I'll leave like 1,500 on a table if it's like a four-game four slate and I just like my lineup the way that it is and I, there's not a lot of pivots. On the full slates, I would say uh, the most that I've probably left on a main tournament lineup is probably like seven 800 uh, for baseball, football, probably somewhere in the five 600 range. And then basketball, it's usually Usually 400 or less. It's crazy. I remember Chris Meany used to do a value lineup in which he'd yeah. force himself to a $40,000 salary cap. Exactly. And sometimes they would smoke, man, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you get locked into these projections sometimes. I, I agree, especially like with the Sunday night football games or you get into these where it's like, man, I got 1200 bucks left, but this is a damn good lineup, and I, I don't want to mess with it. And, yeah, you got to go with what you believe sometimes, sometimes even more than the numbers, right, Drew? Yeah, definitely, especially on those smaller slates where they're like one, two, three game slate type things. Uh, the, there's not as many choices. So when there's not as many choices to make, sometimes the best lineup is leaving a lot of money on the table. All right, so before we get you out of here, are there any other baseball players that you want to uh, let us know about uh, here? Anyone you wrote about today that you shared on Twitter, et cetera, in your column? Anyone we didn't bring up? Um, no, but I'll, I'll leave you guys with one thing. I think Joey Gallo homers tonight. Yeah, he's in my lineup, Drew. Thanks, buddy. Home, home run predictions. I like it. Drew Digmar, great stuff. Thanks for your time, Drew. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Drew, Drew Digmar, always fun talking DFS with Drew, man. One of the yeah. best. He's literally infinitively. It's funny. Mitch Mitch Garver is the catcher. Mitch Garver is the guy that's going to save the Expos and be the new owner of the Montreal Expos. Cam got golf lineups we got baseball lineups of our own coming up next did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network listen on the iHeartRadio app the TuneIn radio app or download the fantasy sports radio network app the fantasy sports radio network is the only totally free 24 7 365 fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription check out youtube live on the fantasy sports network youtube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts or tell everyone that you disagree call into your favorite show and ask your question the number is 844-84-FNTSY that's 844-843-6879 the fantasy sports radio network your free fantasy source 24 hours a day I've been good. I've been bad. That's all I know. <laughs> no, I, I ain't actually, asking for much. No, I actually know the words. <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Hollywood. Looking for some tush. Looking for some cash. Actually, you know what? Uh, we've got to play on the way out, uh, actually. Good good song selection there, uh, JP. Another one was ZZ Top. But... Uh, Gots to get paid. Oh yeah, that sucks. That sucks. I gots to get paid. That's 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 a uh, that's a great one. Get that into the rotation. Gots to get paid. You know, thanks to Drew Dickmeyer for joining us. So we were sort of isolating some of the teams to pick on, and it sounds like he wants to pick on uh, Cam's Chicago White Sox with the Minnesota yeah. Twins. A little bit scared. I think I might take the White Sox off my betting card. Feeling. Oh, the Twins at minus one seventy. I think is a good play. Actually, yeah. I'm surprised its number is not like minus two hundred. Or something like that. But a team that we didn't talk about, actually, and a game that we didn't get to with Drew, the 20 minutes just flew by, is uh, Colorado and Cincinnati this evening with um, everybody loves batting against Romano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roma- of, Romano cheese. Yeah, everybody <laughs> loves hitting dingers off Romano. Yeah, everybody <laughs> loves hitting dingers off Romano. Romano on the hill, but I swear to God, I remember it was last week we were sitting here. And I took the Arizona Diamondbacks. Romano was an afternoon game. It was the game Lou was at last week. Yep. And uh, I remember I, I bet against Romano. And I had Arizona in a parlay. And I already won the first leg in a parlay. And Arizona put a four spot up in the first inning. And I thought I was a genius. I'm like, man, I knew Romano sucked. Unfortunately, so did that uh, Koch guy. Yeah, Koch got hit. He gave up grand slams. I don't know if it was Koch, actually. It It might have been. It was him or one of the other stiffs. Whatever it was, it was a grand slam and it changed the game. Whatever it was, I ended up losing the bet 8-6. I know that. Exactly. (laughs) Now, when I'm looking at this ball game, 
I'm actually, you know me, Gabe. I look for excuses to take home dogs in Romano. But, yeah, no, I know it's going to get hot these days in Cincinnati. Balls are going to come out of the uh, park. But I'm going to go with Johnny Gray tonight. I like minus 40 in Colorado. I think it's a good spot for them. Cincinnati, I still don't trust that team. It's a very short price to play. Colorado, you talk about it. They're actually better away from Coors now. They used to be a train wreck when they go away from that stadium. But they can gather wins on the road. Very, very short price. So uh, sign me up with Mr. Gray. Let's hope Romano stinks like cheese tonight. Dirty cheese. Domo Rigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Mr. Romano. Domo Rigato, Mr. Romano. Let's do it. Give me the rock at minus 140. I got to be honest What's with you. What's going on outside with the, yeah, me, the, the sirens? Me and Cam heard yes. a, lot of, uh, a lot of sirens and stuff like that, but it actually smells like something. Uh, it smells like something's burning. Yeah, like. Um, but you don't have any. Ut- no, your pans aren't on. The uh, the nah, elements are off. It's not. It's not us. No. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I was like, is my computer about to blow up? You know, there's lithium batteries in these computers. I know, and they blow and up. The Apple, they blow up. It'll kill us both. I just hope you're aware of that. I'm aware. Like if this computer blows up, it's been nice knowing you, friend. I don't know which way it would explode, actually. I'm thinking probably right through both of our... I have a feeling it would split in half and one would go right through my skull and the other one right through your temple. Like, I don't know. Like, like I, I think it, it would it actually... If a MacBook <laughs> actually, like, explodes, which way does it explode? If a tree falls in... If a MacBook explodes, where does it explode? I was yeah. actually worried about this because this son of a bitch really gets pretty hot. Oh, I know it, it does. Like, really... Gabe, I can, re- I can feel the heat from your computer. That's it's almost I... like a tanning salon for me. Yeah, so that's why I was like, man, I don't know. Is my computer, like, melting? Like, I smell something burning, but there was all kinds of sirens. I don't know. It smells like actually like computer or like cables burning. Yeah, or it, it doesn't. It smells like rubber burning. It smells like burning rubber, like tires, a tire fire, um, somebody burning garbage. It's got that kind of smell. It doesn't smell like a natural uh, type of fire. No, it doesn't smell like garbage. It smells like uh, it smells like a um, like fuses, cords. Yeah. Yes, cords, cords. cables. Electronics, yeah. you know, when electronics sort yeah, of overheat or burn or different odor. It's a bad odor. I don't know. The sirens stop, but yeah. it still feels very close. I really wouldn't care if the, you know, I got in trouble once years ago. I was on the radio and uh, there was a fire. There was uh, it was a four store build, four story building that we were in. Nice upscale neighborhood too. Green Avenue and um, Green Avenue. Yeah, Green Green <laughs> Nice handle. Yeah, Green Avenue in Westmount. <laughs> That's a great Westmount, Montreal. Green Ave. So uh, there was a fire. The you know the uh, the alarms are going off yep. and everything. But I was on the air, and whatever. I didn't. I. You think it's a t- you, most well, of the time it's a false alarm. I didn't see any flames yeah. or any smoke or anything like that. So, but the thing is, the alarms are really going off, and then you can hear the sirens and everything. And the operator, so sort of like uh, Mike Florio, basically, yeah. it was just me and him. He's like, I'm out of here? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he started grabbing his bag, and like, he starts packing like all quickly and stuff. So I say, it was Jimmy Spencer. So I said, hey, Jimmy. I said, hey, Spencer, what are, you, what are you doing? And he goes, there's a fire, man. There's fire trucks. The fire alarm. We have to evacuate the building. And... Uh, I said, no, it's a good thing you weren't the captain of the Titanic. I said, more people like, I said, evacuate the building. I said, you can't leave your post. I said, we're live on the radio here. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? You can't leave. So, (laughs) I'm just picturing you with a broadcaster surrounded by flames. Oh, no, no. I'm I'm going out like this. I lost it. I actually got really angry. So, he he got up and he walked out and I told him, you're done. You're fired. Seriously? (laughs) But I meant it. I said, you're done. You're never working on my show again. I said, you're fired, man. As he walked out, I said, I hope you're safe because you're fired. So, he split. (laughs) All right. So I told him, I told him, uh, I said, whatever, man. I said, just leave us on the air here. And I said, whatever, we won't go to a commercial yeah, break, yeah. and whatever happens, happens. All right, fine. I said, leave us on the air. So I told him, you're done, man. You're never working on my show again. I, I didn't say you're going to get fired yeah, like I'm going to yeah, get him yeah. fired. But you're not working with me. Yeah, and basically, he wasn't the best operator, so he wasn't going to be working with anyone so, else. Yeah, so, yeah, nice excuse with the fire. So... So, You're a hard guy, Moretz. I used to be kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> used to be so I told the guy, if you leave, you're done. On you know, you're not working my show anymore. So he split. He was like, well, I, I threw you. There's a fire, and oh, you know, there's my safety and whatever. He basically, he said, I don't get paid enough for this. 
So um, he split, and uh, about 20 minutes later, man, I'm doing the show, man, and <laughs> the fireman. Oh, they're they, oh they're in the studio. The fireman. <laughs> That's the great. firemen come in the studio. With gear on? Yeah. Oh, amazing. And they're all like, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? They're all like, they're like, there's a, they're, the buddy tells me, he goes, I don't know if you're an idiot. He goes, you're just an asshole or, you know, you can't hear. But he goes, dude, there's a fire in the building. And it turned out that actually there was a dentist office right underneath us. Oh, boy. And it was up in flames. It was like for real, real fire and stuff. So... We had to end the show and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you went, I don't it's mind me. It's these people. Yeah, it's I these don't mind ending the show, but <laughs> only if, like, you know, yeah, we have to. Yeah. So basically, I was like, all right, listen, the fire department's in the studio here, and they're kind of upset. I got to go. <laughs> and yeah, the next day, I got called in by HR, and they were basically like, listen, um, did you say that you were going to fire somebody because they left the building during a fire? Put it that way. And yeah. I was like, well. I say done on the show. <laughs> we can. Oh, yeah, the station manager, the head of, like, Chump. It's a big deal, man. Like, they were like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, so, yeah, they, they it was a big thing. Like, they made me uh, they made me promise next time the fire alarm goes off you to leave, leave, leave the building. Leave the building. Did Jimmy uh, work your show anymore or no? Yeah, he oh, did. Oh, no, he did. Oh, yeah, but I ripped him mercifully. <laughs> I ripped him. A, I, I just want to see. I, nah, but I just, sort of like it was probably like now that I look back on it, though, like it was funny radio, but yeah. it was probably mean spirited. Like, you know, like, you know, we, we went after him pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Well, you threatened his determination. Oh, dude, I used to make him answer the phone. I made him. He answered the phone once. I heard him answer the phone. Hello. We went to the phone lines. I said, Hello. I said, what the hell oh, is that? Think? I said, well, you think you're at home? Yeah. I said, yeah, thanks so. Thanks for calling. Da, 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 no, da, so I made him. Yeah, no, but I made him say, and I made him say in a specific voice, this is sports rage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I used to listen. The best is, too, I made him wear, like, a uniform, like, during the show, like, to be a professional. So I made him wear, like, the same blazer that the ushers wore at the Expos game. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Sorry, that's too good. He wore a blazer. He wore a sports ring. I told him it was a place of business. Oh, like, that's uh, it was a place. Dude, the guy was wearing like dinosaur junior junior t-shirts and stuff. So I said, "Hey, Jimmy." I said, "Jimmy, this is a place of business." All right. And the best thing is though, he's a nice guy actually. He's like a uh, he's like an FM DJ now. He hates me. Um, I invited him. Every time I go to Montreal and I have, like, a reunion show, I always invite him. He, he never comes. No, he, he never, never shows he up. never shows up. <laughs> I made him wear the blazer, the yeah. ones the ushers wear. That's great. Yeah, and we used to comment on his weight. You know, he's a big guy, too. Uh, you know what? Um, I used to call him Portly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Portly's a word for He bad. was Portly, but yeah. portly. he actually got really, really, really upset once. Yeah. And said, I'm not portly. So um, I actually took him saying that, and I would play it like 10 times a I'm night. I'm not portly. I would run. Portly. <laughs> and you're relentless, Morenzi. So I don't know what goes on in your, then, your then, brain, but And then basically, like, everyone would call him portly. Like, portly. I created the nickname portly. portly. Hey, what's up, portly? People would call in, hey, lay off portly. portly. He's yeah, doing the yeah, best yeah. he can. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, Portly's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still miss. So, it. for the record, yeah. if the yeah. Cardano's doing yeah, it, if there's a fire, we're doing. Yeah. we're we're, we're going to take one for the team. And honestly, five. it actually smells like the fire is pretty close to us. It really is. And it's this is the first time that I'm actually slightly concerned that I ripped my fire alarm out of my ceiling. Like, if there was a fire, I wouldn't even know. It's unbelievable, Gabe. You haven't been to my. I did the exact same thing at my place and my stooge roommate before. No, no, uh, yeah, no, no. He, he actually called no the cops on uh, this the is fire. This no joke. Like, there's a fire, fire going on, like around us. Yeah, I know. I could smell it, and it's not a normal fire. It's not bacon and eggs in a pan. It's it's rubbery. It's it's got wires and cords and all sorts of like you know that smell of like really unhealthy gas. That's yeah. what it is. We're in big trouble. If anyone knows the smell of unhealthy gases, I'm imagining it's you. It is.
I know. Every, Unfortunately, I, I'm on the no, other side of a barrier here. No. So if Cam, you got to remember, Cam let some steam off. I, I'm, I'm not uh, <laughs> some steam. Off. Let some steam off. I'm not privy to it. <laughs> I used to work at an oil refinery, Marenzi. I know. I know all the dangerous fumes. Dude, I was just in St. John. There's a paper mill there. It's oh, like sulfur. It, it just reeks sulfur in the air. Oh, I got used yeah, to it though. You do. It just smells like farts earlier, and then you just kind of blend into the air. No, it was more. It was more stale, uh, rotten egg. Eggs. Yeah. Sort of got oh, that rotten egg. Yeah, thing. Farts yeah. kind of smell like. Yeah. Rotten no, eggs. but it, yeah. no, it wasn't. It was sort of like a cross between like horse manure and, and rotten eggs. Yeah. A t- rotten eggs, horse manure parlay. And it's sort of like it's actually, it's actually in the air. No, I know. <laughs> like there's sort of particles Gross. in the air yeah. everywhere there. You know what I mean? Like you don't see it. But you do. Oh, you smell it. Like yeah, you when you're walking in particles, like they're it's all it's like a polluted. The, you know, the air is heavy out there. It's very different. It's a very different vibe out in the East Coast. It's thick. Yeah, as I said, heavy. It's thick, smelly. It's very weird because it's very sort of misty, in, you know, impoverished and like you know, it's just sort of like abandoned. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very, very poor. A lot of parts, it looks very poor, just sort of beaten down. And there's like, you know, there's it's pollution in the air and stuff. And then you drive six miles, dude, it's and it's beautiful amazing. Atlantic Ocean and like great fishing and stuff, right? So you take the good with the bad. Um, all right, so uh, let's blast through our lineups out here, Cam. You got it, we buddy. We've got a lot, a lot of lineups and a lot of picks to get to. So sure. my pitcher is Otani. Listen, he's, you know, they're a minus 250, minus 260 favorite tonight against the Kansas City Royals. They're, they should win this game. He did only go, he did only go five innings in his last start. I think he had five five strikeouts in a five innings. He's freshened now. Yeah, he's back home right now. It's a pitcher's park. I know KC doesn't strike out a ton, but they strike out seventeen percent of the time. Okani's uh, strikeout rate is thirty one percent, but it's thirty seven percent at home. I'm going with uh, Mengden. I'm not a fan that uh, Drew's a little concerned with Mengden, but. Mengden's really, really been uh, pitching well, man. He's worked at, uh, worked at least seven innings in each of his last three starts. He's put together 16 scoreless innings, man. Um, he got hit a little bit against the Rays, but Mengden's been very good, especially on the road. So I like Mengden. We talked about Mitch Garver, I like that uh, Garver. being a cheap uh, play here tonight uh, against Hector Santiago. A twin stack is in play. He's like 2700 bucks on DraftKings catcher, Minnesota Twins. Another cheap player uh, tonight. I'm going with the projections here and the computers. Check out DailyRoto.com uh, for uh, projections and analysis. Uh, Justin Bohr. It's only 3200 bucks tonight. So projected to score 10.3 DK points uh, this evening. I guess time will tell if the computer is right or not. I wouldn't have taken him on my own, really. But I like Bohr. He is cheap. He's also really good. Bucks. Um, I like Kinsler. All right, Ian Kinsler's 8 for 23 with two home runs against Ian Kennedy. I don't think you can go wrong whether you've got Dozier against Santiago or whether you take Kinsler against uh, Kennedy. But Drew Dinkmeyer thinks that uh, the Dozier is a better pick. So I'm going to uh, rely on Drew Dinkmeyer. Kinsler's out. Uh, Dozier's into my lineup uh, then. Kyle Seeger. Uh, Kyle Seeger against the wind. On the road again. Against the, the wind. wind. Let's turn the page. Turn the page. Yeah. Oh, he does say on the road again. Yeah, he does. He goes, here I am. On the road again. Yeah. Here I am. Up on, on the, road the stage. Yeah. There I the go. again. Playing the star again. And in fact, he says Omaha in that song. Yes, he does. Wow, we're bringing it full circle. Yeah, for Lou. Lou. Lou basically stated that the mob uh, ships things through uh, Omaha in the middle of the night. <laughs> exactly. Omaha. like, you know, <laughs> those streets on Omaha, you never know who's driving out there. It's like. That was awesome. Um. Uh, Eduardo Escobar. Yes. Uh, man, this guy's just, uh, this guy's smoking it, man. All right. Uh, yeah, three run home run. Uh, three home run last night. He's got multi hit games in five of his last seven games. He's got four home runs in, in the last seven games, 13 RBIs in the last seven games. Escobar against Santiago sounds like a cartel war. Sure does. Charlie Blackman against everybody loves uh, betting against Romano. Charlie Blackman. Hey, listen, he's three for five. He's three for five with a double against Romano, so small uh, sample size here. But incidentally, he was also three for five yesterday. But, but uh, he's got a 12-game hitting streak going, Cam. He's hitting 396. He's 
Uh, Dodgers, Yasiel Puig, not a player that we take often, but Yasiel Puig, like all the Los Angeles Dodgers, is really starting to heat up right now. He's got seven home runs in his last 19 uh, games. Trevor Williams has been hit pretty hard as of late. And uh, in closing, we've got a Toronto Blue Jay in the lineup, Cam. Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar's nine for 30 with two home runs uh, against uh, the New York Yankees uh, this year. I think he's in a nice spot against uh, against uh, the Bronx Bombers uh, tonight. I think the Yankees... Uh, I think uh, the Blue Jays beat the Yankees tonight. What do you got, uh, Cam? We'll get it on the other side. You got it, brother. Baseball and golf coming up with Cam next. European golf, too. Different formats. Shot clock. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Let's get yep. right down to business. Lot of, we got a you ton, ton yeah, you got a basketball to lineup, too, so I'm going to get to my lineup right now. The pitchers last night, Marenzi, hey, how about Stripling, buddy? Shut out, baby. Shut out. we got to get those cheap pitchers. The Stripling's a stud. Dodgers have another yeah. pitcher tonight making his Major League debut. True. De- uh, debut. Almost took a shot, but I'm going to go with John Gray against Cincinnati with a 26% K rate, 50% more the ground ball rate, too. So I have a feeling Cincinnati, a lot of quick innings for Gray, swinging K rate at a 13%. So this guy's doing it all. And I told you, Colorado away from Coors can get it done, 7500 bucks. Mr. Flaherty, Jack Flaherty, 10200 Drew Dinkmeyer said it a little expensive, but one earned run, one earned one. One, one, three. Like, this guy's been fantastic. 19.9, and a half, 13 DraftKing points. He doesn't have those bad games where he gets rocked. So I'm going with Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals to win tonight. Austin Romine, $3,600. This guy's really been feeling it. 20, 19, 12, 9 against the Blue Jays, $3,600. Drew Dinkmeyer talked about it. I love Joey Gallo. He's a boomer bust candidate, but at $4,000, he has 16 home runs on the season and loves going deep. I love him. Juan Mancata, $4,000, one of the white socks that I like tonight. Seven-game hit streak with a home run in there, really racking it up on DraftKings. He's starting to heat up for the White Sox. Luis Valbuena, kind of a hit-or-miss guy, Gabe, $3,300. Remember the time you took him, he had two, a two-home run night, so he can really get it done. Xander Bogarts is $4,700, consistently good for Boston. We're going to go with Justin Upton at $4,100. Six hits in his last two games, two home runs in his last three, three ribbies there, too, racking it up, and a great matchup versus Mr. Kennedy, Nomar Mazara of the Rangers, $4,300, and Aishin Su Chu Chuzu as my last outfielder at $4,100. Gabe, 12-game hit streak, home run in there. Chu is heating up big time. That's the lineup for baseball. I like your lineup. I like uh, I like where you're going with that. I do. I, actually, the lineup's been really good. Like, the pitchers, the one thing that we've done... I think Valbuena's a nice uh, Valbuena, and you got Upton. Upton, you know, Upton's I took Upton the other night. He did a home run for me. He's cheap. Um, I couldn't afford Trout. Yeah, and Valbuena, Valbuena hit uh, a couple of home runs uh, the night I took him a couple of nights ago, but uh, in, in a good spot tonight against uh, Mr. Kennedy. You said it, buddy. I think Ian Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy's going to get rocked. So, in conclusion, gentlemen, basically, if you're betting, uh, if you're betting or uh, betting or playing DFS uh, tonight, we'll get to our best bets uh, of the night in a, in a moment. Uh, but if you're playing DFS tonight, it looks like. Um, if you want to pick on someone, you stack the lineup with Minnesota Twin players against Santiago, Colorado Rocky bats against Romano, and uh, Angel bats Angel, against Kennedy. Yeah. Angel bats against uh, Kennedy. Those seem to be the three. And and you got Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon's pitching uh, for the Texas Rangers, so I don't have a problem <laughs> with anyone taking some uh, Oakland Athletics. These guys kill it. 
uh, when they're not in that uh, rat we talked about stadium. We talked about it last night, too. The Chris Davis thing. When you take him out, he had 27 DK points of the home run last night. Of course he did. I know. I tell you, that happens every time. Like, when I switch bets, it's one of those things that I almost take the other team now because nothing ever good comes Chris from Davis it. is damn good, bro. He is damn good. All right, what do you got? Golf. Gabe, I like your golf lineup. We're going to start things off with the PGA and the St. Jude Classic. We don't see a tournament where a guy is going for a three-peat. Daniel Berger is going for a three-peat at this tournament. Really? Like, yeah, he won two years. I didn't kinda, realize that. It's kind of like. won two years in a row yeah, here? Yeah, it's your NASCAR thing. You know, some guys are horses for courses. Wow. I'm taking Berger time at $10,000. We're going for the three-peat. There's just something about Burgers in Memphis. He loves it there. So, hey, I, a guy that's won back-to-back times I'm in. Joaquin Neiman. $8,900 of South America, one of the hottest players in the world last night. T6 at Jack Nicholas's Memorial, T8 at Fort Worth. Watch out for this guy. He's also in my betting six-pack. Peter Uline, I've been talking about this guy for years. He's getting real close. Former European Tour player like Brooks Kepka on fire. Fifth last week, fifth at the Wells Fargo. This guy is racking up pay- paychecks, $8,500. I think Gabe and I both have Kier Dash off a of barn rat. No respect. If his name was Mike Smith and he was white and wasn't from Thailand, he'd be about $9,600. He's $8,400. No respect. It's it's racism, Gabe. Seven of 18 cuts. T13, T5. This guy makes money. Half a barn rat. Now we have to go low with Ben Crane. He actually has a really good record at this course. So we've got to take some guys who have made some money here in the past. Also, T8 at Fort Worth. Very cheap at $7,400. I think he's a sneaky play at 80 to 1 as well. And my good buddy, Mr. Sweatstains, a guy that stains more shirts than me, Robert Garrigus. $6,700. You know, not in the best form, but a T20 one at the Byron Nelson. I had to dig deep, Gabe. So that is the lineup right now. We got Burger Time going for a three-peat. Neiman, Peter Uline, Kiradash Afa Barnrat, Ben, get up on the crane, and Robert Sweatstain Garrigus. Morency, I looked at your lineup, and you had some really nice guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we finished uh, 43rd place out of 2,000 people a couple of weeks I'm ago. Two, you, two golf. golf lineups ago. Crushing golf. So uh, this week, I don't know, man. You know, this lineup, I'm really thinking outside the box. I guarantee you. Our lineup, our combination of the six golfers that we have will not be a heavily owned combination. I went with basically the bunch, a bunch of golfers that I, I broke down this tournament from a betting perspective. And the guys that all jumped off the screen uh, at me were all sort of in that 40 to 1 to 60 to 1 range. I like it. It's a thinner field this weekend. Yeah, guys so, are taking time off for the U.S. Open. Yeah, so you got a, you got a couple of the big names at the top, but not even that many at the top. Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Kepka, Stenson, Stetson. Berger. So you mentioned Berger being the defending champion. But, and I also think, Cam, in a tournament like this, I don't know what your take is, but I think that guys, a guy like Dustin Johnson, he doesn't care about this tournament. He's just there to sort of play to get ready for the U.S. Open. I like guys that sort of are like, damn, I want to win a tournament. A guy for Barnrat wants to win a tournament. Yeah, I'm looking at a guy like uh, Chris Kirk wants to win a tournament. Luke, Chris, Luke List has been close like Phil, all year. Yeah, you know, like Phil all Mickelson year. would like to nail a win, so I understand yeah. that concept. But sort of looking at guys that aren't top contenders next week at Shinnecock, guys that want to nail down a win. So, anyways, my team, I got a guy that's 20 to 1 for betting, and I'm telling you, I don't know. I really think this guy can win this tournament this week. He just sort of, just, his name just jumped off the screen at me. Uh, Tony Finau. Tony Finau, $9,300. Can't mention him. After Barn Rat. I'm going with the Barn Rat, uh, $8,400. Luke List, $8,300. Captain Kirk, Chris Kirk, $8,000. Shane Lowry, the Irish Bear. $7,600. And um, some pan uh, some pan pizza. C.T. Pan. Yeah, C.T. Pan. What's that, cheese and tomatoes? No, nah, you you're, you're a meat lover. What goes with C? I don't know. Uh, cheese, cheese and tomato. Yeah, cheese and tomato, or uh, yeah. cheese and tamale. <laughs> Tamales. <laughs> CT Pan. Not bad. CT Pan's a pretty good player, Gabe. Dude, he's coming off a of 65 in his last round at Fort Worth. I think he went to the University of Washington. CT Pan. Good, good little player. Good little player. He's pretty much a cut machine, though. That's what you need in this. Like he, you know what I mean? People don't know golf. You'd almost want to take a guy. That makes like total cuts. If you're in a bad decision with your cheaper player, you have look, to take look, the guy Fort who makes Worth, cuts. Fort Worth 20th, Byron Nelson 32nd, pl- the Players Championship 446. He gets paychecks. Um, no, you know, 23rd at the RBC. You know, he's just sort of cashes in $7,500. I don't know if he's the best pick at $7,500, but he's a good pick. I really like your. You know what? I like where you're going with Tony Finau. 
I think he's very due for a win. I could he's go with Chez, 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 Chez Reeby. Uh, he played really well at the start of the year. He's been kind of a ghost in the last uh, couple months. I could afford the Chapel. Kevin Chapel, I, I kind of like a little bit. I like Chapel more. But I like CT Pan where you're going. So remember, don't change. I got money left. Don't change. I've got JB. I could get JB Holmes or Harris English. Ooh, here wow, really? Harris English is a guy I'd look at to this tournament too. University of Georgia guy, pro- close proximity. Hmm. I don't know. He's a, Ryan Palmer. Yes, I do like, and I like Gary Woodland. Yeah, I got a Cheap bounce price. pan. I got a bounce pan. You don't like the pan? Nah, it's just I was throwing. Like too, I was throwing too greasy. Darts, but too nah, greasy. There's these other golfers that I can get in here. I got the money left over, and just. I can't leave these guys on the table. So how much do you got left over now? Eighty four. Eighty four hundred bucks. I go Ryan Palmer, Harris English, or JB Holmes. I think I'm gonna go JB Holmes. Yeah, I actually I, I really like Ryan Palmer in that spot too. Who's uh, who's eighty three hundred dollars? Can I take a sh- shot at some guys? Let me see. Kevin Tway is actually a hot player. Watch out for Kevin Tway, son of Bob. He's been playing. I I don't mind that price. But I really like where you're going from a betting perspective. I'm betting Tony Fee now as well. He's going to be one of my top. I can't take Kepka. He's nine to one. I think he could win the tournament. But it's not like NASCAR. Yeah, so who, who, are your, who are your bets for this tournament? The bets I'm going with Gabe. You're going to love this stuff. Tony Fee now at twenty to one. Daniel Berger for the three peat. I got to go with him. His track record here is phenomenal. Twenty five to one. Luke, what's on your list? A win, hopefully thirty to one. Peter Uline thirty five to one. Joachim Neiman thirty five to one. And Alpha Barnrat at thirty five to one. I'm taking guys around that. You talked about that range. Mine's the thirty to thirty five range. I really like those guys this week and. We could feel a win coming on. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tony Finau at 20 to one and Alfred Barnrat at 40 to one. All right, what do you got for the uh, the Euro tournament DFS? Yeah, shot clock masters, people. Uh, let Gabe get to his basketball lineup, but first, this is a tournament for uh, basically where they're screwing around with the six. They have six tournaments where they test for the next uh, year. Uh, 40 second uh, tee off clock, Gabe. You get 50 seconds to address the ball if you're there. Just basically with a shot clock. They want this to roll and see how golfers play at a fast pace. Not a really popular tournament. Dean Burmeister's the favorite right there, and he's usually a guy we get at 80 Love to that one. Burmeister, Mister Mister Meister. Yeah, you like the, Dean Burmeister was good to us, but the problem is, sounds, it really sounds like a Dean too. Yeah, Dean Burmeister. That stuck up Dean, Dean Burmeister. Burmeister. <laughs> sounds like a principal. Huh? Yeah, South African principal. Yes, sir, Mister Burmeister. <laughs> I can tell you though, Marenzi, when he's the favorite, we know that. There's a lot of big names out here, but let me plow through this lineup. Lee Slattery is my top guy from Britain. Uh, if you watched the Italian Open last week, he almost should have won the tournament at 10,600. He's going to be one of the favorites, and he's in good form. Then we're going to go with Andrea Pavan from France, $8,700. Look at this guy. Two of the last four tournaments, ninth and 11th. Soren Kjeldsen, um, $8,300 for the Dane, but I'll tell you, it's a weaker field, so I think he's a good price at that. Austin Connolly is a guy from Canada people don't know about, taking his talents to the European Tour and very, very good. T11 at the Sicilian Open, he's $8,000. We're going with Xander Lombard, a South African, and wrapping up my team at $7,100, the Frenchman, Raphael Jacqueline. Gabe, tell me about your golf, I mean your NBA team. NBA, you like Man, that's that? That's a lot of shot clock masters right there. What's some? That is a sponge. Yeah, so what do you do with the shot clock stuff? So what's 40 your- seconds, uh, you, you have to, to tee off on the par fours. And, and fives, 50 seconds when you're addressing your shot. So basically, once you're there, you're on the ball. You got 50 seconds. Yeah. yeah. All right. You can't, it stops guys like Patrick Cantlay who who get uh, in trouble for slow pay. Actually, and every time you're over, Jordan, you lose a stroke. Jordan Spieth's not yeah. the fastest Spieth, player in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, especially when he loses a ball. That guy takes a lot of time. Yeah, and it's unbelievable. I told you, you said it, uh, different strokes for different folks on the PGA Tour as well. You think uh, the marshal, hey, I found Jordan's ball. Uh, other guy's balls, yeah, don't worry about it. It's in the nine bushes over there. Good luck. Hit your third. I'm sure the golfers don't like the uh, the shot clock golf. No, they probably don't, but it's a horrible tournament with, uh, like, a lot of B-listers, Gabe, and uh, this is what you do in these tournaments. It's kind of like you talk about uh, the CIT and whatever in basketball where they try the new plays for college. This is what they're doing for golf. They do it at the scrub tournaments. Let's check it out. All right, NBA um, tonight. I'm going contrarian uh, on this one. And, you know, Drew Dinkmeyer brought something up interesting. There's two ways of doing this. And last time I didn't take LeBron James as the uh, the crown player, in which you get uh, one and a half times the amount of points. Yep. So you basically it's one and a half times the salary, but you get one and a half times the points. So I sort of thought the same thing, basically. All right, I won't take LeBron because he's going to cost, going to eat up too much of my salary cap. Because uh, now, tonight, if you take LeBron, he is dollars. <laughs> $23,400. Sounds expensive. Yeah, that's like a pretty, that's the highest uh, <laughs> drafting salary you're ever going to see. He, yeah, that's what LeBron James is. He's 23400 That's if you take him with the, the, you get one and a half times 
whatever he scores. Well, so the last time it was amazing. He puts up 80 DraftKings points. Well, you got 120 DraftKings, but you're getting times that half uh, as well. So I didn't do it, but then LeBron went off and it buried me because he scored so many freaking points. So the way I see it tonight, I think LeBron is going to score like 80 DraftKings points. Look, he score when he goes off, he scores about 80 DK yeah. points. You times that times a time and a half. We're talking about a hell of a lot of points. So I'm, I'm going with uh, LeBron James as the crown, the king, so to speak. Um, the only Golden State Warrior players I have are Draymond Green and Jordan Bell. I took Draymond Green because he was $8,000, and he was um, he was cheaper than Thompson. He was cheaper than Durant, and uh, he was cheaper than uh, – or, sorry, Thompson uh, – yeah, Thompson's $11,100. Too expensive. Yeah, Draymond Green is actually going to uh, rack up the rebounds. Yep. You know what I did actually, Cam, with this lineup, and I'll share it with people, is I played the props here. So I got LeBron, LeBron James, James the top player. Draymond Green is the top rebounder of the game, according to the sports book tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's great, because then there were George Hill, Kyle Korver, all the other Livingston, all the other role players, all are all in a group, top score. Took the top score of that group, George Hill. So basically, I'm playing like the book. You know, I'm yeah. sort of taking hey, you're the, the sports book tonight. Beat me. Yeah, I'm sort of taking yeah. the sports book yeah. favorites yeah. and using them in the the sports book favorites and the props and using them as a DK lineup. I like it. It's an interesting and I don't. I think a lot of people will jump on Curry tonight. They're going to jump on Durant and these guys. I'm not going to have any part of them. And I'm sort of thinking that Golden State could quit tonight. Yeah. That Cleveland routes them, and people are like, I can't believe Great it. They point. only scored 88 look, points. Look for guys, backups for, for, Mark for, for Golden State up. to get into the game tonight. Yep. Mark Lawrence brought it up. Every time the Cleveland Cavaliers are down 2 nothing and they're back home, they've given up less than 90 points a game. They scrap. Suddenly, Tristan Thompson's blocking shots. And yep. I think Cleveland wins the game tonight. So uh, my lineup uh, tonight in uh, DraftKings, LeBron James, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, George Hill, Kyle Korver, and uh, Jordan Bell. <laughs> How much left on the table? $200. $200. Bones. And the only reason, whatever, I have Jordan Bell because he's $2,000. Kyle Korver's only $2,800. That's a great price. Yeah, that is a great he price. plays 14 minutes or something yeah. like that. It buries some threes, I don't man. have to get a lot. All right, so let's get into our best bets of the day. And uh, don't forget, if you want to lay it down and win, uh, check out uh, mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. You get a 50% uh, deposit uh, bonus. Open up a new account. Enter the promo code GTD. Forget about all this DFS crap we just talked about. Let's talk betting. Be a winner. Play mybookie.ag's uh, player props. You can uh, bet on horse racing there. they got a great uh, horse book. His camp bets horses all day there. Every day, go to mybookie.ag. Open up an account. Enter promo code GTD. Receive a 50% uh, deposit bonus. Click the uh, player props tool, choose your player prop, and collect your winnings. And uh, tonight, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. Take uh, LeBron James uh, over his prop. LeBron James over 56.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So my plays of the night tonight will be the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first half plus a half a point. The Cleveland Cavaliers in the game plus four points. The Cleveland Cavaliers on the money line. Plus 150. Cleveland Cavalier team total over 106. LeBron James over 56 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. LeBron James over seven and a half free throws made. LeBron James over 2.5 three-point shots like made. That. If LeBron James twists his ankle in the first few minutes of this game, you are going to be raging. I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, baseball parlay. Angels and Cardinals, Flaherty and Otani, plus, Angels and Cardinals, plus 106. It's 107 now, got it, same one. Toronto Blue Jays, plus 130. Colorado Rockies, minus 140. Oakland Athletics, minus a buck 25. And the Twins, minus 170. Cam, fast, what do you got? Colorado, minus 140. Angels, Cards, Parlay, plus 107. The Jays is a pooch, plus 130. And I'm just money line. Cleveland, screw the points, plus 170 with the Cavs. Yeah, the points are probably irrelevant. Screw it. Give me All the right. money line. Thanks to everyone that joined us. Surprise guest in Sussman, Mike Blewett. Thanks to Gamblue, Mark Lawrence, Drew Dinkmeyer, Scott Radio next.